Welcome back to Triple Alpha Sports Talk. I'm Josh, this is Bryce, and this is Roy. And we're going to start talking about Thursday Night Football first. And we have a special guest this week. It's going to be my friend Kyle Monocle. Me and him are in Dallas for this game. And it was a barn burner, I'll tell you that. So we're going to add Kyle in right now. How are you doing, Kyle? Barn burner. Ah, what's up, everybody? All right. Welcome. Kyle, we're going to rock it off first. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. We were in Big D last week at this time, getting ready for the game. Give me your takeaways as a Seahawks fan from Thursday night. Oh, man. Um, so I can't really – all right, if you look online, everyone's going to say that the ref sucked. The ref sucked both ways, in my yeah. opinion. Now, if we wouldn't have had an opportunity at the end of the game to win it, I would have been a little more pissed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we had a chance to go out and win the game, and we played it. We played a good game both ways. You yeah. know, Gino threw one pick, whatever was yep. killing us. Just like against the Rams, is penalties. This is the second mm-hmm. game we've had 130 yards of penalties, and you're just not going to win games like that. Even though the Cowboys had what 120 something, 12, yeah, yeah, right around the same. But yeah, it was uh, it was tight. Yeah, I, we both agreed at the game that both teams had very touchy fouls, and they were calling it touchy for both sides. It's just whenever your team got it, you felt like it was crap, but it was going for both ways. Yeah, yeah that last um, one on CD was pretty tough, though. Even I went yeah. back and rewatched it. I still don't like it, but hey, yeah, I'm just here, so I'm um, getting fine, man. So as, as a Seahawks fan, what is it? Is it three straight or is it four at this point in the loss column? That's three now. So – and I know their schedule doesn't get easier till the last maybe two weeks. Do no, you we still don't. think this team can can fight their way into the playoffs, or do you think they're running out of time? I think we really needed a win against the Cowboys. Um, yeah, we've got. I'm pretty sure we've got 49ers this week, and then yep. we go Philly. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that's going to uh, be back to back tough games. Yeah, um, and. You know, usually with the Seahawks, like seeing them win, lose three games in a row, I feel like you just don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. Like, I forgot what the they showed the record before the Cowboys game of Seahawks going into a game after two straight losses, and they were mm-hmm. phenomenal. But now that we've got yeah. three, I mean, I think we're just buried at this point. We're just, I think we just need to coast, let everyone. Yeah. Get See, I have a you're still, Kyle now you're too. still you, hold on. You're still in the NFC, so you'll have a chance yeah. till the end. I mean, I mean, you're, all right. You're, say, you're, you're all six plus six and six. So, say you lose these next team two games, Kyle. Do you think that you guys aren't going to make the playoffs? And then, no. if you don't no, make the playoffs, I, what are you guys going to do <sighs> this off season? Well, I know our last. I think it's our last three games are pretty easy. We've got. Arizona, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee and Pittsburgh. yeah. Pittsburgh. So those are all three winnable games. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we can squeak one of these out in the next two weeks, yeah, we'll be in you, fine I shape. Mean, you're six and six. You lose the next two. You're at six and eight. You, I don't, unless you play in a weak division and can squeak by <laughs> with like an eight, nine record, it's hard to get into a playoff spot with eight losses. You'd really have to have other teams down there lose as well. Um, when I was at the game, I took some notes in my head and I wrote them down. And my first takeaway on the Cowboys game was the Cowboys and Seahawks do not know how to play defense. I don't know what that was. I mean, 
I didn't think the Cowboys were going to score 41 against Seattle, but I sure as heck didn't think they'd allow 35 to Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I thought Seattle was in the driver's seat yeah. going into the end of the game, and I thought there was no way the Cowboys won this game. Yeah. But uh, that's not who came out on top. No, no, it really came down to Seattle's fourth down, you know, non-conversions and Dallas's defense stepping up uh, late. That was because there was no punts in the entire football game. Fifth game in NFL history with no punts, but it was really just Dallas's defense late coming up with the stops. Hell of a game to be at. It was. You I know, know what it comes down to? It comes down to not touching Michael Parsons on your fourth yeah. down conversion. That is very yeah, true. It, it's sure. I'm sorry. No, I, th- I, I, mean, I don't yeah, play I mean, in the I, NFL. I understand. I think Seattle was way better than what they – I mean, they exposed the Dallas defense. And yeah. I honestly think Seattle has a chance to get in there. I mean, you're tied 6-6 six and six with Minnesota, Green Bay, and the Rams. And, I mean – the Rams win three. the tiebreaker over them with the same record, beating them twice. Yeah, yeah, I personally would say the Seahawks are the best team out of that group. They have a group. Yeah, so I, I, mean, would say, I would say the Rams, they got uh, – the Rams got Baltimore, Washington, New Orleans, San Francisco, and the Giants. That's so, all tough games for them, yeah. really. I mean – Yeah. I, I think they and, still have a chance to make the wild card, the last wild card. Yeah. But, uh, what did you think of this game when you watched it? What were your takeaways from it? Uh, no defense. I mean, when you don't yeah. punt the ball, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, um, that was. That's Thursday night. Thursday night always throws a wrench into something, I think, on football. Yeah. Short, short weeks. Um, I think uh, they, the Seattle exposed Dallas. And then Dallas is going to, you know, gave them a chance, gave other teams to see what they can do to beat them. So I just kind of heard yeah. Dallas there, right there. That's very true. Yeah, I think uh, the best thing that Seattle did is as great of a year that Darren Bland's having. Um, they really targeted him most of the game with their best receivers because I don't think his one-on-one coverage is really that great. He's a great playmaker on the ball, and he, yeah. that's why he gets all these great interceptions and stuff. But I think his actual coverage, he gives up a lot of separation and couldn't guard DK Metcalf all game no. or uh, Smith McJigba all game. It just it wasn't working for him. That's what really drove their offense most of the game was targeting him. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you yeah, what, that he was, first touchdown by Metcalf, his 73-yarder, yeah. I can't explain to you how fast that looked in person. Like yeah, I know they it. said it was the fastest run this year or whatever, but seeing it in person, it almost yeah. like it didn't seem real how fast that dude yeah. was. He doesn't even look like a real human. He's like a superhero on the football field. Yeah, yeah, he had a nice day. Three touchdowns for DK. That's Kyle's favorite yeah. player on the Seahawks. So he had a nice day in the stadium. And my other takeaway from the game, other than the fourth down stops, was CD Lamb took over late. He did. He did have that key drop on fourth down after the Bland pick, but after that, the entire way down the field on their last touchdown drive, it was CD Lamb one on one winning every route. Yeah. But almost the entire game, CD, or DK Metcalf did the same on the opposite side. So, yeah, uh, Kyle, what was your takeaway at the game? The environment, the electricity. I know it was a shootout, so you know it was a lot of scoring. But give me your I thoughts. Know. It was pretty electric, and we talked about it on yeah. the way out. What surprised me is I expected a lot more, I guess, trash talk from the Cowboys fans. Mm-hmm. But honestly, no one really said anything the entire no. I mean, walking into the game, walking out of the game. I think we had one Just guy ex- come up and yell for in Josh. My face. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. For, oh, yeah. We had some friendly, some friendly conversations. I thought uh, – oh, go ahead, Kyle. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. The, is that big screen the, as big as they say, as they say it is? Yes. The of the it is massive. 
That's 80 yards long. Yeah, it's, 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 oh, it's huge. It's and 60 it's, yards it's, long, right? 60 yards 80. wide. It, it might 80. be 60, but, but it's, it's yeah, it's like basically the whole field. <laughs> That's crazy. It, it, you know, you always see the things of the punters hitting it. It looks a lot lower than it should be. Like you would think it's going to be really high. It's really not. It looks really low. Wow. Uh, another cool thing about the game, this has nothing to do with the football game. Me and Kyle were leaving the stadium, and we see this black Suburban with hundreds of people around this car. And we're like, I mean, this is 10 minutes after the game. There's no players out yet. You know, they're still, they're on their way to the locker room. And we're like, that has got to be a celebrity. Now, there was a Hall of Fame induction at halftime for DeMarcus Ware. But we learned very quickly after someone was running by that it was Deion Sanders in the passenger seat leaving AT&T Stadium. That was pretty sweet. That's awesome. So, anybody got anything else? That's really all I got about the Cowboys game. Kyle? And I'm just going to throw it out there. The Cowboys cheerleaders put on a hell of a show. (laughs) They they did a really good job. (laughs) It was very very entertaining to watch. I was was impressed, man. But – yeah, other than that, it was a good Wait. game. It was, it was my first NFL game. I feel like it set the bar pretty high. Um, yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah next time we're going to have to drag Josh out to Josh. Yeah, next time we're going to Lumen oh, for the 12th I man. would never go to Seattle. I wouldn't step foot in that town, man. <laughs> hey, you watch your oh. mouth over there. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on, Kyle. Thanks for giving your opinion. Thanks, yep. man. Appreciate it. All right. it. We're going to go to Roy's game of the week. We each pick one game a week from the Sunday slate. Roy went with Detroit in New Orleans, and Detroit came away 33-28 victorious. Roy, your game of the week. Tell us your takeaways. Well, I just couldn't. I mean, Detroit got out 21-0 before it was even. I mean, it seemed like before even the first three uh, commercial breaks. It was a quick game, quick uh, score for them. Yeah. Um, Derek Carp, it's funny. As bad as we talk about him, he played decent in the first, uh, first half in about third quarter. Mm-hmm. And then start showing Derek Carr and how he can't. I mean, how he, he threw yeah. through an interception and got sacked, you know, twice. And it just that's just Derek Carr. And then everybody, yeah. uh, everybody wanted Jason Jameson Winston in there, and he looked awful after that. Um, they should just the, the Saints should just play T- Tyson Hale, Hill. I mean, he's a hell of a better, mm. way better uh, quarter. I haven't seen him throw the ball, but at least they moved the ball when he's in there. Um, yeah, I mean. And, Detroit did play starting quarterback for a while last year, right? Yeah, they gave him the keys for a little bit. Yeah, but he didn't do much. I mean, they ran him, uh, ran him some. You know, I I think he had 13 carries in this game. Because then when they put him back in the quarterback position, I mean, he moved the ball. They moved the ball between him and Kamara, and they but uh, yeah, they did that wildcat pretty well. Yeah, Yeah. they did a wildcat thing. They did great, and that's when they were moving the ball. They should just leave him at quarterback because the other two suck. But (laughs) uh, Detroit. Detroit played well. I mean, I mean, they pulled it out. I mean, they got up big. Their their running backs are legit. I mean, that's they mm-hmm. when they, the problem is when you have Jet, uh, Jared Goff back there just throwing, they're not that good. I mean, yeah. Uh, so just hand it, get them, get them. I mean, get them more carries, and I think the Detroit will be just fine. Bryce, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I agree with that. I thought the Lions kind of bounced back after some weeks that I didn't think they were playing that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really showed their run game, and I think that's what they based their team around is. When they're getting good run game, that gives Jared Goff a little more time, I think, to make good passes and stuff. But whenever the run game is not going, that's whenever you see the Lions start to fall apart. Um, for the Saints, they have so many pieces, in my opinion, and they don't have a quarterback who can get them the ball. Like, 
Camaro looks amazing still, and I can't believe he looks this explosive still mm-hmm. after a couple of years of his career. You normally start to see running backs like him start to dwindle down, but he still looks like the top running back in the league to me. And they have the wide receivers to go along with it too. And their offense isn't what it should be, in my opinion. Like they just yeah. don't have a quarterback who's consistent. I thought Jameson Winston coming in might help them out, but I mean, we've seen him play before. He's he's a goofball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's goofier he's than goof, goof. Jared Goof on the other yeah, side. I agree. Yeah, my takeaways were really just Lions came ready to play twenty-one nothing seven minutes in the game. Um, New yeah. Orleans, I, despite you know them not having a great record and you know last few years being down, that's still a tough place to go into and play. And to go up twenty-one nothing seven minutes in from the interception and the two offensive scores, that's a very impressive way to start the game. Turnovers for uh, uh, New Orleans killed them. You know the pick yeah. six early and then the turnover late. I mean you, it's hard to win football games. Paul Moraway, if you're turning the ball over. And it was Laporta's show. Uh, he goes for nine for 140 and a touchdown. No other line has more than two receptions in the game. I mean, he looks and he unstoppable. Made catches. He made great catches. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I watched him play in high school as a wide receiver. He's obviously bulked up and he's a lot bigger now. But you still can see that in him that he, he can go out and get the ball for some tight ends that are, you know, a blocking tight end. Or, you know, they're going to catch the ball. It's hit right in their chest, but that's about it. But he's yeah. definitely a playmaker, and he's a second-round pick. That's a good weapon. Yeah. Um, my other takeaway is, like Bryce said, Alan Kamara looks like second year in the league. He looks fresh. His burst is unbelievable. And his balance, you know, he hits that yeah. hole in the middle, and he doesn't go down right away. He bounces, and he looks unbelievable. And they check down to him so much because Derek Carr can't throw the ball 10 yards. That is true. But – and then my last thing about the Lions – is they gave Jamison Williams at, back from suspension from betting on games. He missed three games. They gave him a double end around, and he hit that hole. I thought he was going faster than DK Metcalf. They need to find ways to get him the ball on the screen, I, in the backfield. I mean, they have got to find more ways to get him the ball because when he hits open field, good luck. He's gone. They might as well just hire Luke Getze and just run yeah. a screen every play like the Bears do. He hit, he hit that double yeah. end reverse. And I said, okay, he's done. And he zoomed through those holes quicker. I couldn't believe it. I yeah. said, wow. I instantly wrote it down. Um, that's all I got from the game. Um, I guess we'll move on to my game of the week. Uh, it really wasn't a game of the week. But 49ers go into Philly, and they dominate 42-19. to Bryce, I know this is my game, but I want to hear you first because the last three weeks or so, you've talked about how Philly is the team to beat in the NFL. Yeah, uh, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that picked them to win the game, and I was wrong about that. So watching this game, it kind of clicked with me what Roy's been saying for the past few weeks, that they came off that bye week and really found something in their offense. Mm -hmm. And this week proved it, because I think the Eagles, going into this game, were the most well-rounded team I've seen in a long time. And the 49ers just absolutely put it on that defense. I mean, they didn't even look like they were there. And their defense put it on the Eagles. Yep. Like, what did they have? Like, 19 points or something like that? Yeah, 19. 19, 19 points. If you would have told me that the Eagles are going to go out and score 19 points one time this whole year, I would have been shocked. And then to go out and do it against their biggest opponent yet and just get crushed like that, like, who do you see stopping the 49ers now with that offense? Yeah, I mean, they look good. Um, my takeaways are the Niners O-line dominated this game. Yeah. And you don't see yep. – Philly defensive line get dominated very often. They've been historically good the last 10 years. 
I mean, they just screen plays, run plays. There was a screen pass to Debo late in the fourth quarter. He went untouched because they had five offensive linemen, maybe four and a tight end, out there blocking. He ran straight up the field and didn't get touched. Um, the, the Niners O-line dominated this game. I think that's why they won so convincingly. I mean, you saw CMC going five or six yards before contact. I mean, any running back can get five or six yards if he's not getting touched yet. Yeah. Um, and the Eagles, poor tackling. They threw a lot of screen routes and a lot of slants and digs over the middle. Poor tackling, and then they're gone. You know, they have the speed to beat you if you don't tackle. Um, the Eagles look slow. I don't I don't know why if they just weren't ready to play, if they're tired. But they just looked a step slow to the Niners, and they got dominated. Yeah. Roy? No, I think the the Niners are refreshed. I don't. Yeah. They got Debo Samuels playing way he's. I mean, after a bye week, he's played amazing. You got him and Caffrey like playing the way they are last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got those two playing the way they are. I mean, that's hard to beat. And then uh, you still have Ayuk out there, who's yeah. taking a huge step up yeah. as a player. Yeah. So I mean, and, and he is got, a wide receiver. Still got one. George Kittle. I mean, still. Yeah. I mean, they got so many freaking weapons. And they're playing really well. And they got great players blocking. at the position. Yeah. The other yeah, that's a takeaway for me is line. That was the what? Their offensive line? It's the line. That offensive line. I mean, they are mauling people well. in the run game. But what I felt like what the 49ers did to the Phillies, or the Phillies, the Eagles, was the secondary. Jalen Hurts Hurt was standing back there searching and searching. I mean, he had plenty of time mm-hmm. to throw the ball. And we got sacked twice, yeah. or maybe three times. Um, three times for 27. Uh they 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 just they were dropping and not putting a lot of pressure on him, but they were dropping their eight guys, seven guys, whatever they were needing back there, and just and it, they couldn't get open. I mean, other than Smith yeah. and uh, a couple slants by Brown, it was a yeah. slow day for all of them. I mean, they just you didn't yeah. have those. Uh, that defense looks really good, really refreshed, and making plays is what you need to do. 49ers are the team to beat right now. I mean, they, if they keep yeah. this the way they're going, yeah. they're the team to beat. Yeah, I think this game moved Brock Purdy to the number one chance to get the MVP now, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, at least really? with Vegas odds, I, he, I believe. With so. odds, I he mean, did, or at least a certain just, sports book. I mean, he's 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 a good – I mean, he's a decent quarterback. I mean, he doesn't do anything to hurt him, and he gets it out to his playmakers. I mean, he's not throwing the ball yeah. deep um, no. you know, and making big plays. Yeah, so. I, he, he did look good this game. I mean, he's hitting these guys in some tight windows. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. The past few games – I didn't think he'd look crazy good, but he looked good here this week. I still don't think he's an MVP favorite. Um, I mean, stat wise, I guess, but I don't. I don't know. No, not, there's a lot of people that you could put back there and look like that. So, in my opinion, but I do think he is a good quarterback. But uh, I think we're gonna roll into Bryce's game, and Bryce went with Denver and Houston, with Houston winning twenty-two seventeen. Bryce. Yeah, uh, we finally got to see the Broncos not win a close game that I felt they yeah. played a horrible game. Uh, CJ Stroud and Nico Collins have one of the best connections in the NFL, if you ask me. They are, they just look like they're on fire and that they're best friends out there playing football, you know. Uh, I think that the Texans are a legit playoff team that they can beat anybody at this point. I think I know the Broncos have had good and bad games, but I think the Texans are a really good team right now. And Maybe not this year, but the next year or so, they're when CJ Stroud stops doing some of these rookie mistakes that every rookie does, they're going to be a top team in the league, if you ask me. Um, uh, anything else I had? Um, what do you think that the Broncos do in this offseason? Because to me, 
they still might make the playoffs, right? Like, there's a yeah. chance. I mean, um, the AFC is weaker this year than we were expecting. With yeah, the, with the Bengals and the Bills. But so there's a chance, but how, like Russell Wilson doesn't look good to me, and he's no. getting old. Uh, do I, you think that the Broncos could be a team to go for a quarterback this offseason? No, they're paying him too much, and it's mostly guaranteed. I don't think they can get out of that really. Yeah. Um, they brought in Sean Payton, so I think they're they're locked in with this core. I think they could definitely use help on the O line. You know, Russ isn't moving like you know like he went when he's in Seattle. So maybe beef up that offensive line a little bit, give him a little bit more time because I still think he throws the ball pretty well. But he doesn't look as mobile as he used to. Like he still is running, but the burst and the acceleration just isn't as quick as it used to be. And if you protect him, you know, any quarterback's good if he has a pocket to throw in yeah. all day. So his problem is that he's he's made to make plays. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, he's, he I mean he had 186 yards passing. He's just he's not a deep thrower anymore. Yeah. He's just he's going to give you completions. The problem is he had to run 10 times. I mean, and he got sacked three times. So I mean, yeah. They got they got it in the offseason. They got to uh, sure up that offensive line. I still think they need a running back. I mean, they I mean you they can't get anybody going in the running game. So I think they got to get somebody in the running game. See, I like Javante Williams. I think he's a good back. I just think they need like I don't think their offensive line know. is very good. I just don't, don't feel like you, McLeod I mean, just, too. Um, it's something McLeod, yeah. McLeogan, McLeogan, McLeogan or something. Yeah. yeah, it's something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean that. They were, they were so disappointing to start the year. I mean, they've been really good since winning close games. But yeah, I mean, they lose a tight one here. They lose the tight one, in my opinion, because they throw three picks. I mean, it's, like yeah. I said, it's hard to win an NFL football game if you're going to turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, three picks, one. I mean, they had a shot to win it. I mean, they're on the like, ten yard line with twenty seconds left. Yep. And they throw a pick, but um, like I like Bryce said, Nico Collins, my fantasy league is going to know that I've had Nico Collins on my roster for the last ten weeks. I've been a Nico Collins believer, former Michigan Wolverine. Um, and Joe then my Blue. other bunch of cheaters over there. CJ yeah, Stroud. Just like, just like uh, I want to talk to you about him. I've agreed with you the last few weeks that he, you know, he's in rhythm. Any any good quarterback in the National Football League in rhythm is going to hit their throws most of the time. I watched this game. He was making back foot throws, throws on the run, out of rhythm throws, and making them perfectly. I mean, better than the rookies I've seen in a long time. Now, do I think he's a generational quarterback? Maybe not. But I think this is definitely someone you can build a team around. And if he's going to be that elusive, and he's not turning the football over, so he's not making as many dumb rookie mistakes as usual, I think this is a home run pick. I think they nailed it. Now, I know they have some good wide receivers, but – Nico Collins and Tank Dell, those aren't superstar receivers yet, at least. You know, I think they're just good role players and they're all playing well together. No, CJ Stroud's always had an arm, even when he, I mean, he was in college. He had an he's always had an arm, he could make plays. Um I I think he, I mean, as long as he didn't turn the ball over. No, it's never been a problem when, when he was in college, just turn the ball over. It was just when it came, his was the big moments. I mean, he never he would he would kind of fall under in big moments and hopefully. You know, a couple of years in the league, he'll he'll get over that and try to improve, produce for the for him. I still think Texas need a, a more of explosive running back, and but I think yeah. you know, I mean Nico Collins is a big receiver. He's been pretty good for the last few years. He just had nobody throw him the ball, and I think this year he's got yeah. somebody and he's making plays. So um, they've got they still need a couple guy other they see a couple of pieces around him to make that yeah. team 
Take that. Kind my, of just like the Lions. You know, they just need that couple more steps. Yeah. yeah. My last takeaway, and this is actually, I'm really glad that you said this, Bryce. You said you see the Texans really being that playoff team. I know that they look really good this year, but I'm going to pump the brakes on that only because they did draft at number two this year and take C.J. Stroud, and they did use their first-round pick this year to trade up for C.J. or to for Will Anderson, who has been a monster on the defensive end. But that's two years of first-round picks they've used, and I'm going to pump the brakes on them because they won't have a first-round pick this year. Now, they're playing well, and both those players are star players right now for them. It's definitely their best defensive player is Will Anderson. So the trade-up has worked phenomenal. And you're now you're winning, and so your pick is not going to be as good as it was when you trade up to number three. So it's a great trade, but you don't have a first-round pick this year because you used two in the same draft. So but you'll have salary cap, salary cap uh, yeah. room with the young players to, to go buy to get somebody that you really need. Um, yeah. And they're in a weak division. I mean, I that's yeah. uh, that's in central division there. I mean, or south or whatever it is. Now. South. Uh, yep. it's, it's not that. I mean, Jacksonville's the, the leader right now, but it's really mm-hmm. it's always been an average t- average division, and you usually get one team out of it. It's pretty good. So, I mean, they yeah. could be the. I mean, a couple of years they could definitely be in there. Yep. All right. Um, I think that's going to move us on into Sunday night football. A little bit of an upset, and this is the second week in a row we've talked about this team upsetting somebody. The Chiefs go into Lambeau, and they lose to Green Bay 27-19. to This was a shock for me, um, but I'm going to let Roy start. I want to, I want to hear Roy's opinions on this one first. I don't know where Jordan, where Jordan Love has come from. I mean, he's just played out of his mind the last couple weeks. I can't believe it. Making – the guy could not throw down the ball down the field, and all of a sudden now he can complete passes. Yeah. I just don't. I don't. And then on the opposite side, Patrick Mahomes just does not look like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, his passer rating is down, his completion percentage is down. He's just not looking. I mean, I think it's the pieces around him aren't as good as they used to be. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I just feel like he's not making the plays that he's used to be making, and he does not. They. Kansas City has struggled most of the year, and I thought, oh, they'll click. Eventually, they'll click. Eventually, get together, and it does not. I, I just, I just they're they're going in the wrong way right now. Yeah, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, I hate Jordan Love at this point. I, it's just not fair. I mean, <laughs> is he going to be the new owner of the Bears? That was just a low blow, but. <laughs> I mean, it's just not fair. I, I don't know if you guys saw Big Cat's rant about it today. Uh, it's not fair that the Packers got to have Brett Favre and then go right into Aaron Rodgers, and now they have another QB who looks like he's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers on their team. It does not It does not make sense. This guy couldn't throw the ball five yards last year, I didn't think. Comes out here at the beginning of the season, still can't throw the football, and somehow mid-round he's out playing – Patrick Mahomes against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I do not understand it. It's just simply not fair. And then, like you said, for the Chiefs, their offense is struggling like it has all year. This is the first game, I think, that their defense kind of didn't hold a team under 20 points to yeah. help the Chiefs win. Uh, and, yeah, the Packers, I mean, they, they're they always going to find a way to win. I hate it, but that's just how they are. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to be my life forever. <laughs> Poor Bears fans. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that jumped off this page when I watched this game was the first drive. Green Bay got the ball. Their play calling was excellent. 
I mean, they have every time it's a play action pass, the linebackers are biting down. Every time they run the ball, the linebackers are backing up. So that tells me something in the play call and the design of it is throwing Kansas City off. And they've been a great defense all year. Yeah. And they march down the field, and all these receivers have two to three yards of separation. Great throws, but they're getting open. And I just I love the play calls for Matt LaFleur the entire first drive. And uh, it got him off to a great start. And, you know, you get in front of Patrick Mahomes, that can never be a bad thing. Yep. The next thing was Jordan Love, man. Not What can you say? He's going to be the guy. When I watched this game and he was hitting receivers – he is doing Aaron Rodgers. You can tell he sat behind him because he's got the sidearm a little bit, and he's slinging it like Aaron Rodgers. And he just looks like a gunslinger. He's throwing it into tight coverages, and he's not afraid of throwing a pick here or there. He's a gunslinger. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you watch him. You can ju- you, it just looks like Aaron Rodgers. Now I'm not saying he will be, but, man, he looked great in this game. He's and making progress. Cold. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for the Chiefs, I know, Roy, you said that, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he doesn't look the same. I think a lot of it has to do with his tackles. He had two good tackles last season, and I thought he looked great. He had all day to throw after the year before where they struggled in the Super Bowl against the Bucs because they had no tackles. They went out and paid for two of them on one-year deals. This year they have two new tackles, and they are horrendous. They lead the league in, if you count both of them, they lead the league in penalties, holding, false starts, and they're not good run blockers either. They're just, yeah. It's just it's very bad, and I don't think he's comfortable back there, and I don't think he has the receivers to get open in the time that he has to throw. Well, his um, receivers are making the catches they need to make. I mean, there's yeah. several times that they had to hit their hands again, and then if it, you, the quarterback can't always throw the perfect pass, and you've got to be able to make yeah. the play. And there, and yeah. other, I mean, I just feel like you know, I even feel like Travis Kelsey looks slow running around some routes and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. he's been just, too busy going to Argentina to see Taylor Swift. That's so. probably true. Can't, can't blame the too guy. Busy, too busy shaking it off. So, Yeah. Um, I think that's all I got from this game. Um, oh, yeah. I think we're ready to roll into Monday night, which was last night. Shocker, Bengals go to Jacksonville in OT and win 34-31. I know Bryce is not a big fan of this game. Um, yeah, uh, I had a seven-leg parlay on this game and hit every leg except Jacksonville money line, and it was just devastating to me. Um, almost drove my car off the bridge on the way home. It was, it, it, I mean, it would have paid my rent this month, but yeah. that's okay. Uh, sports oh, gamblers, right. you never stop because you're one bet away from retiring. That's what well, I, I think. Jo- I think Josh's advice a couple weeks ago was don't don't do the parlay. So. Should took it. I make more money first, on DraftKings. First than podcast Josh, so. we did. Don't try to hit the big parlays. <laughs> That's why I, I make more money on DraftKings than Josh. So mm-hmm. I don't take his betting advice. Um, not last night you didn't. Not last night I didn't. No. Uh, uh, my takeaways were really. I mean, Jacksonville's defense looked piss poor. Couldn't get a stop. I mean, I know the Bengals look good. I mean, they don't have Joe Burrow, but I mean, they look good. Give on some credit to Jake Browning. Yeah, he looked I mean, good. He has the most touchdowns ever in high school history. Yeah, 96 touchdowns yeah. his senior year of high school, Roy. Jake Browning. Yeah, five rushing touchdowns and 91 passes. That's incredible. I mean, that's on. I don't even know how that's possible, first of all. I don't think my high school team scored that in a season. No yeah. way. And he, and he did it by himself. I mean, in the story. But um, the guy played a perfect game. He didn't have yeah. very many. Bad throws. I didn't think. Nope. I don't think he had any turnovers. I think the I think the One receivers were just getting up. open. I mean, yeah. it, 
NFL quarterbacks, they're going to hit the guys if they're open for the most part. And there wasn't too much pressure. Um, And then on the other side of the the ball, Trevor Lawrence goes down with the injury. I think it really hurts him late, you know, OT. Um, That's a big injury. Sprained ankle, probably only out a few weeks. And they have a little bit of a lead in the AFC South, so they can probably give him a few weeks. But, yeah, I need him back. Jacksonville's got to get their running game again going. I mean, that's when they're good is when they get the running game. Uh, But, no, Jake Browning played. I mean, he played out of his mind. I mean, that was, he played great. Yeah. I mean, 354 yards passing. This is good. I mean, and he and I felt like he got Jamar Chase involved. I mean, 11 catches for 140. I mean, you got to get your playmakers involved. I mean, that's where yeah. you. Yeah. And I feel, and that's what gets me is with some. I feel, I feel like sometimes Joe Burrow, in earlier in the year, just was not doing that. And um, there, I think that's what you got to get your player maker. Joe Mixon had. You know, 68 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and caught six passes. I mean, you're getting the playmakers yeah. getting the ball, and that's what you got to do. And Jacksonville yeah. just doesn't yeah. have – I mean, they're going to have to – they're going to have to get to Calvin Ridley more. I mean, that's just – I don't know why they don't throw – I mean – Yeah, they, they, they lose Christian Kirk in. to a core injury, need surgery. They said he might might make it back, but, I mean, a core surgery out nine weeks. That's tough. It, yeah. It's going to be pushing it. it. I mean, so you might like be looking said, at – uh, without like their number said, one. They got, they, Jacksonville – Excuse me, got got a, a little a little breathing room, so yeah, they should be all right. I think another big thing for Cincinnati is they look like they have a dual threat backfield now with uh, Brown. I think was his name as their other running back, Chase Brown. Chase Brown, he looked amazing. Uh, you they hear that, Roy? Chase Brown looked amazing. He's still that's a guy. Strategy. Thank you very much. Not going to end up being anything. Not going to end up being anything. He looked great because he was a great runner, and he almost had Michigan last year. Lucky goose. Whatever. Okay. Um, I think that's going to do it for our NFL coverage of uh, this week. We didn't talk about this last week, but every week we go over picks. And this past week, me and Roy tied for first place at eight. We, me and Roy both went eight and five on our picks from this past week. Bryce one game behind at seven and six. However, for the three weeks that we've been doing this, me and Roy are tied. But twenty-five and eighteen, and Bryce has a two-game lead, twenty-seven to six and sixteen. So, me and Roy are catching him. He's at yeah, he had a good noon slate, and he missed every game after the noon slate. <laughs> Three o'clock games nice. and prime times. He missed I mean, they're all game. upsets. Yeah, but uh, all and upset. then the, he had the he had the Phillies or the, the Phillies, the Eagles, and then me and me and Roy had the Niners. But yeah. Um, so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep track, and the winner is gonna get a prize at the end of the season, and we're gonna go all the way through the Super Bowl, so playoffs included. But I think we'll roll into our picks for next week, and we'll start with Thursday night football. Oh boy, the Patriots play the Steelers. Roy, wow, what do you think about this? I mean, this is gonna be all eyes on this game. It's because yeah, Steelers and Patriots are going for the first uh, first overall pick, so Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to pay me to watch this game, but Steelers are going to win this. Um, the, I think the Patriots are the worst team in the league under the Panthers, in my opinion. I really think this game is going to be close. Uh, Mitch Trubisky in a quarterback the for the rest of the season, or for probably the rest of the season. But the Patriots have been so bad. but Can't score. Uh, they, they, I don't know. I, I really think Unless the Patriots have a chance. it's a 3-6 game, but there's no I, I just can't pick them. I hope I'm you have the go kickers the for the, for, the um, for your fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then it takes us to the noon slate. The Texans are going to go to New York and play the Jets. Bryce, what do you got? 
Give me the Texans. They're rolling. Jets are another bottom-tier team. It's going to be a blowout. Roy? I think it'll be closer than than what you think, but the Texans will win. I'm also going to Texans. Jets just released their quarterback. They're on like their eighth one of the season. Yeah. I, I don't know. They're in trouble. Um, Rams go to Baltimore. I'm going to take the Ravens pretty quickly. I am also going to take the Ravens pretty quickly. I'm going to take the Ravens pretty quickly. All yeah. right. Panthers go to New Orleans and play the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints. I I just the Panthers they, they just don't look good. Yeah, the Panthers look pretty bad. Um, I don't care who's in at quarterback for the Saints that are going to roll over them. Hopefully for uh, the Bears draft pick. Yep. I can't believe it's a minus four and a half. I figure it'd be worse. I figure the Saints mm-hmm. would, would beat them more. So the Panthers. I, the the Panthers did play the Bucks pretty good last week against the in Tampa. Yeah. It was raining, but and it was close. It was a one score game, but uh, I'll take the Saints in the four and a half. Yeah, the Colts are going to go to Cincinnati. Roy, I'm gonna let you go first on this one because the Colts have been a surprise as of late. They have. Yeah, been I can't believe the Colts keep winning. Um, yeah, Minshew mania. Oh man, that's a tough one. I am gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I think they're gonna pull it out at mm. home. Okay, Bryce. Yeah. Um. Man, I want to go with the Bengals, but with you know, with these quarterbacks that come off the bench and stuff, a lot of times we see them play these great games, and then the next one they come back down to earth because there's a little bit of scouting on them and stuff. But I'm still gonna go for the Bengals because I picked up Browning for my fantasy this week since Kyler Murray's got a buy. So give me the Bengals. Well, we're gonna have our first one. We're not gonna agree on. I'm going with the Colts. Um, they're just winning football games. I think that D line of the Colts is gonna be good with the Force Buckner. And I think the Colts are going to go in there and get a win. Minshew Mania, roll on, baby. Buccaneers are going to go to Atlanta and play the Falcons. Roy, what do you got? Falcons. Yeah. uh, For me, I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. But, I mean, the Falcons, we've seen them score a lot. But uh, I'm going to take the Falcons in a low-scoring game. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Falcons. B. John Robinson's really starting to hit his groove here late. Jaguars are going to the Browns. I'm going Jags. Browns don't have a quarterback other than Joe Flacco. So give me the Jaguars. I'm going to go Browns. I think uh, with Trevor Lawrence out, it will be a little different. Yeah, I also think this battle of the backups, I think Joe Flacco is a little bit better than Bethard. Is that how you say his name? Bethard. Bethard. I'm going to take the Browns in this one. All right. Lions go to Chicago to play the Bears. Bryce, your Bears, what do you got? Played them good last time. We did play them good last time, but uh, I don't. I mean, we should have won the last game. That was the one that we came out and played hard. I don't see Jared Goofball throwing another three picks. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take the Lions. I guess it pains me to say. Oh, that. you wimp! Really? I'm going Lions. I'm going Lions. Yeah. Uh, the ba- the Bears suck. They should get rid of everybody on their team. And all the fans should just write and go change to different teams. Oh, we got our first flag. Bryce is not. The Bears are not a good team. They're not a bad team either. We're somewhere in the middle. We're figuring it no, out. You Give us a good OC. We'll be a playoff team next year. Oh my goodness. Oh, not even close. Throw flag to that. Give one. me a give not me a, a new offensive coordinator and an MHJ. See us in the playoffs next year. No. Win in the North. Never giving it back. I'm also going with the Lions. And I'm going to give you a little prediction. David Montgomery returns to Soldier Field. 
three touchdowns. They're going to feed him. They're going to want him to have a nice game. Then we roll into the 3 o'clock slate. Start to get some better games here. Seahawks go to San Fran. I mean, I know Seattle looked great in Dallas. They really did. But, I mean, no one's playing better well than the Niners. So, give me the Niners. Yeah, give me the Niners. We'll roll over Seattle. It's, I'm going to take the Niners. It's minus 10 and a half. I think it'll be closer than that, but I'm taking the Niners. All right. Vikings go to the Raiders. Vikings coming off a bye. I believe the Raiders are too, but I know the Vikings are. Roy, what do you got? I am going to take the Vikings. I don't think the Raiders are that good. Yeah, I don't think either one of these teams are playing good right now, but I mean, maybe Josh Dobbs has a good game like he was there for a little bit. Give me uh, the Vikings. Yeah, give me the Vikings. Well, give Dobbs a little bit more time to learn the offense with the bye week. Take the Vikings. Broncos go to SoFi to play the Chargers. This is probably a pretty decent game, actually, division game. Bryce, what do you got? Yeah, this is going to be a game of uh, both these teams like to play in tight games, but one likes to lose a tight game. Yeah. So give me the Broncos. Yeah, that's a very good point. To, but hate to pick them. Roy? Give me the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers Ooh. in it. My gut tells me the Chargers, but I agree with Bryce. The Chargers lose the close games. Yeah, when you're Quentin Johnson is one of your number one targets and he drops every ball, it's hard to win a game. I am going to go with the Chargers, though, only because I think that defensive line is going to get to Russell Wilson. Probably the game of – oh, never mind. I take that back. Last game of the 3 o'clock slate, the Bills off a of bye week. Go to Kansas City. Chiefs kind of stuttering here a little bit. Roy, what do you think about this one? What do you got? Whew. Um, man, I, I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. I don't – I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think the Bills probably could get going to give them a run, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, me, I see. You said Bills are coming off bye week. Coming I off think, a bye, I think that gives them a little bit of an edge over a team that's not playing great right now. Give me the Bills. Mm. I know the Chiefs' offense has been struggling, and the Bills' offense hasn't done what they've been supposed to either with turnovers. I don't know what the over under is. But this is going to be a shootout. I just know it. The Bills and the Chiefs in Arrowhead, it's going to look just like it did in the playoffs. It's going to be 30, 30s to 40s. But 47 and a half is the, the over and under. Give me the over by a 10, 15 points. Might take an alternate. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs, though, because they're at home. Sunday night football, game of the week. A lot on the line. The Eagles go to Arlington to play the boys. I'm going to rip it first. Jackson MVP level, and the Eagles and Cowboys always split. Give me the boys. Yeah, I'm gonna go the other way. I think the Eagles had a really bad game last week, and uh, they're gonna they had a little reset. And Cowboys, their offense looks good, but their defense did not look good last week. So give me the Eagles. I am gonna go the Eagles. I think the Dallas are about on their downturn, so I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I think they can't win, lose two in a week, two days or two weeks in a row. All right. Packers go to MetLife to face the Giants. Give me Jordan Love or give me Aaron Rod or sorry, give me Jordan Love to beat the Giants. Agreed. I will never pick the Packers as long as we do this. Oh, come give on. Me, give me Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Give me Danny DeVito. I mean, it's just Illinois household names now. Come on. Yes. And then Monday night football, Titans go to Miami to place the Dolphins, play the Dolphins. And ain't nobody catching Tyreek Hill, so give me the Dolphins. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Miami minus 13. I'll probably take Miami minus 13. Yeah, I agree. Miami's just on another level. All right, we're going to roll into college football. <sighs> Set, sun, was it Sunday? Yeah, Sunday we got yeah. the Sunday rankings. Sunday at noon. Yeah. Sunday we got the rankings, and they go number one, Michigan, number two, Washington, number three, Texas, and number four, Alabama. First, the first thing everyone talks about, Roy and Bryce, I'll let you guys, whoever wants to go first, do you agree with the committee's decision to put Texas and Bama and knock Florida State and Georgia, even though most people understand why Georgia did in? Really just, do you agree with the decision to leave Florida State out? Whoever wants to take the floor. I'll take it. I do not. I think it's completely bogus that Florida State did not get in because you might as well told those kids at the beginning of the year, hey, you guys can do every single thing possible to get into the playoffs perfectly, and you're not getting in. This is about money. That is all it's about. They couldn't. The committee couldn't have an SEC or SEC team not make it because that's who dominates every year, and SEC is closest to the NFL. It's all just about money and a bunch of bullshit. Florida State played great this year. I don't care if you say their schedule wasn't hard. Put somebody harder on their schedule. They went out and tried to get players or try to get teams on their schedule to boost their schedule strength like LSU. They can't help that they destroyed LSU and then they became bad. And if you look at Alabama's wins, I think their wins are like not even – some of them aren't even as good as uh, Florida State's. Like they had Auburn, who they pretty much lost to in my opinion, and they had a few other teams that – they should have blown out and won by like three points. It, it's just not fair to me. I, F, FSU really got screwed in this, and I feel bad for all those kids on that team that played their hearts out all year. All right, Roy, what do you think? The committee got it way wrong. They, it, I agree, Michigan and Washington should be up there, but th- even putting Texas and Alabama in there is wrong, in my opinion. Georgia, who's been number one for the last two years, two and a half years. The first loss season. in three years. I mean, you've so what this has done, and then keeping Florida State out, what you've done is said the regular season does not matter, period. Yep. So Georgia could win, I mean, won how many games straight for three years? And they get, they right? get, yeah. and, and Alabama, you yes, you got beat by Texas. Guess what? On your home field. You look cr- like crap early in the season. Uh, and then your last two weeks, you didn't look very good. And you should, should there's no reason you shouldn't get, should have won the Auburn game. That's just bad yeah. coaching by Auburn. So what you're doing is holding out a Florida State team who played, who didn't play well most of the year. I mean, they had some bad games, even with uh, their uh, Jordan Travis in there, but they, they won. I mean, you got you cannot give, just say, hey, you got an undefeated team. You can't be in there. Again, like Bryce said, it is about the money. If you look at it, you got Michigan. And you got Washington at one and two. You got Texas and Alabama at three and four. W- look at what that is right now. Next year, those are two Big Tens at the top and two SEC teams on the bottom on the, the other four. So what you've done is taken the two two conferences that have run the run college football because Big Ten is done by Fox and the SEC is done by ESPN, the two biggest money makers. And so you put them in there because all you wanted was money. And that's you've yep. left out Georgia. I mean, I think Georgia's got screwed. You don't move them from one all the way down to six. I mean, that's yeah, ridiculous. that's crazy. And then you yeah. leave Florida State out. I think 
It should, I think Florida, you should have left those Georgia in there. You should have left. You could say, hey, they won the conference. One game means nothing. I mean, it's just, it's just it, one conference championship game. Georgia didn't play that well. Could have, a couple of calls that went against them screwed them. Or Georgia wins that game. We're not even talking about Alabama. Texas, yeah. I mean, Texas should have gotten beat several times throughout the year. Um, so I, I, I think they got it way wrong. And I think it's, again, it's about the money. It's about it's a bunch of sports writers who don't understand uh, or arguing all this. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is a dumbass. Um, Stephen A. Smith guys, is a dumbass. And, all them that, and I used to like Pat McAfee. And when you're just bitching about the Big Ten and about how bad they are and saying, I'm out, you're out of my list. And it's just ridiculous. They got it wrong. It's about money. And it's, they just, they should have done it. They've done it right. Screw those boys. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say the committee got it right. Now, do I think Florida State deserved to get in? Yes, they did. They went undefeated, won their tournament, and you can't help that the ACC had a down year. But the committee has always said it is not the most deserving team. It's the best four teams in the country. And I'm sorry. Without Jordan Travis, your team is not a top four team in the country. I'm sorry. They're just not. Um, if right. Florida State played Alabama right now, Alabama would beat them. They are a better football team than them. Yeah, but you're saying that off an eye test. You can't just up and say an undefeated team is better than a team that wasn't undefeated. Without their, that quarterback, they are not a top four if team. If you say that a, one player on a football team can lead a team to 13-0, and 0, that player deserves Heisman, and he will not get it. Did you watch their ACC championship game against Louisville? No, I, I watched the it, first half. And they I didn't watch had the rest of it. 90 yards of QB quarterback throwing. And they won. Yeah, because Louisville was horrible. So Louisville. I'm not saying that they didn't deserve it, but the committee looks at it because what the committee did is the committee said we're valuing the conference championship the most, which Florida State had. I'm not saying that. And Florida State could have scheduled. Bryce said they scheduled LSU. Yes, LSU was scheduled. LSU was not as good of a team as they were week one than they were at the end of the year because they were not ranked as high because they weren't that good. You could have went out and done other non-conference schedules. You didn't. You signed LSU, and that was week one, and that's all you did. And your conference was down. You beat up on bad teams. UCF, a couple years ago, they're undefeated. They don't make the conference tournament. Why? Because they didn't play anybody who was good enough. I'm sorry. They weren't a, they weren't a Power 5 conference then either. I agree, but they still they didn't schedule anybody good enough to play. Yeah. Florida State – only played LSU, who isn't as good as Alabama's wins. Alabama beat Georgia. You know, that's a that's a top in the committee's eyes, that's a top six win. I Florida, mean, State me, Florida State's strength of schedules is in the fifties. And what it Alabama's was. is so five. They beat LSU when LSU was ranked number five at the time. The yes, but that's not where they ended. And and uh, Duke was ranked. I mean they beat Duke, they beat yeah. Louisville who was ranked, they've beaten Last I mean, week, we said Louisville was going to go in there and blow them out. I didn't think that. It, that's I thought, what everybody would, said I the thought Louisville would win. Yeah, and then we, they go in there with a backup quarterback and still win. That just proves how good the team is without Jordan. No. I mean, but then you leave Florida State out, but then you leave – my problem is you leave Georgia out. They just Their criteria changed all year. It kept saying it was going to be you know, all these things, yeah. and it just kept changing. And then now they just say it was conference well, champions and blah, 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 and – that's what it was. Well, I think the committee left Georgia out because they don't have a conference title. Because if you think of the five teams that were the closest to getting in, four got in, one didn't. You had Michigan, Big Ten champ. You had Washington, Pac-12 champ. You had 
um, Texas, Big 12 champ. You had Bama, SEC champ. The first team out is Florida State, ACC champ. So that tells me their number one thing is winning your your conference championship. So because Georgia didn't get it, that's why they fell below. And then it was just an eye test between Alabama and Florida State. And the committee just said, we think Alabama is a better football team when Jordan Travis is not playing. And See, I, I think they looked at it and said, "Who's because if this was back in the 90s and early 2000s, Florida State is in there because that Florida State had the reputation and the money bringing in back in the day. And that, yeah. that, that's gone away since Bobby Bowden died and everything. They've just not been that good. They're on their uptick. They're looking at who, what would bring them more viewerships is what I think they looked at. They didn't care about anything yeah. else. Alabama games, you look at it right now, Michigan-Ohio State brought the most uh, uh, viewerships, and then I think it was Georgia and Alabama, and then the next one was like an Alabama-another game, Alabama-Mississippi or something. So they looked at it and said Texas – or Texas-Alabama was like third one. So they looked at viewerships. So who's going to bring in the most viewers for those four games? That's all they looked at. They didn't look at the eye test. They didn't look at anything else. They just used those as excuses to say, hey, we're going to sell more advertisements, more money. We're going to make more money here, and that's what they're going to do. That's all it is. I definitely agree it went in decision, but um, and I think Florida State is deserving. I de- I mean I'm not taking away from them. They no, went undefeated yeah. and won their conference tournament. They they deserve to be in. I'm not saying that, but as a fan, which I'm not a Florida State fan, so obviously I'm not swayed. I think the committee got it right because they put the best four teams in in that regard. Now Texas is Texas better than Georgia? I don't think so, yeah. but that, we're not going to get into that. I just mean between Bama and Florida State. Without that quarterback, even with them, I think they're a better team. But without that quarterback, you are just not better than them. And I'm sorry, you would have gotten embarrassed by Michigan with a third-string quarterback. Who said wouldn't that thrown. last year. TCU went undefeated. TCU came in. was a good team last year going TCU in. TCU got beat had, 65-13 to 13 or something like that by Georgia. Yeah, who had four first-round picks on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, the, the, they beat Michigan. Yes. Georgia was just that much better. You can't say that these teams aren't TCU that good. TCU did not have a quarterback injury. They had nobody hurt. They were it was the same team the whole year until the end. TCU was a good offensive team and they just were tough to tough to stop. And Georgia did a good job at a great plan. Um but they, if Georgia never Travis this, does not get hurt, this team is in the playoffs. I bet they don't. Oh, I agree. I think they oh, would. There's no doubt in my mind. I think that the committee just completely but wanted my, to do this all based off money, and they wouldn't have put them in even with no, Travis. I, I disagree. I, with I that. think Texas is not one of the best four teams. I think they're not that I good. Do. I think they're okay. I think the Big Twelve is not that good. Um, they barely beat Kansas State. Had to come back and, and got a field goal. They barely beat TCU, who's yeah, TCU's not very good this year. Um, and they beat, beat, they lost to Oklahoma. I mean, they lost they lost some close games. And then you had to play Oklahoma State in the championship, who has one of the worst defenses yeah. that they'll ever face. Uh, I think I, Washington will beat, beat Texas. To me, Texas is the reason this is all messed up. Because if Texas would not have beat Alabama, Alabama's in and nobody's questioning it. And I guarantee you Florida State gets in. But because Texas beat Alabama, if, if they think Alabama should be in for beating Georgia and uh, being as good as they are, they had to put Texas in front of them because they beat them. So I, I think know. Texas I messes that. this whole thing up. But but Alabama was terrible the first three weeks. Absolutely horrible. I agree, but I still think they're one of the top teams in the country. They're playing great. I mean, you. Oh, I think now. Just like uh, you guys said, Georgia. We think we all think Georgia is the top four team in the country, probably. 
but they went into a neutral site and beat them and they hadn't lost a game in three years. So to say they're not playing well, I mean, I think Alabama is deserving. So, but we can disagree and agree, but that's what we got. We got Michigan, Washington, Texas, Bama. What we got? So let's, let's go over the matchups. We'll start with one and four, the biggest one, Michigan and Alabama. Roy, Michigan fan. What are you? What do you think? What are you? What are you hoping for? What are you nervous about? I'm excited. I'm excited because I think Alabama. I mean, they are good. Um, I think their quarterback is okay. I don't think they're. It's, he's anything great. I think we have a, a we have a better quarterback than Michigan has a better quarterback than uh, Alabama. Getting pressure on him is what Michigan does, and that's why he struggles is when you get pressure. The only thing that's going to hurt mm-hmm. us is we don't do well against running quarterbacks, and he can run. And so we're going to yeah. learn how to do a spy because we're not very good with with uh, with spy doing doing that. But I I trust Jesse Minner. I think you know JJ. We're getting four weeks here. JJ McCarthy's been hurt the last since the Penn State game. Um, we got rolled up pretty good a couple times. I think he'll be back 100. percent You know, in four weeks, getting some treatment, getting some rest. I I'm excited. I'm pumped. Um, mm-hmm. If I could come up with about about fifteen hundred dollars, I'd go out to the game. So, but uh. I don't have the money for that stuff, but I think Michigan win. Yeah. I think Michigan's got it. I think this is their year. They got a great uh, team going on. So I, I'm, I'm ready, ready. All right, right. Ready to go. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't think Alabama has been playing good. And even with this um, time, like a month that they have to prepare, I don't think their offense is good enough to beat Michigan's offense. And they both have solid defenses in my opinion, but I see Michigan running this ball down their throat and JJ making great plays. And I think Michigan's going to beat them up pretty well, in my opinion. Okay. I think it comes down to uh, Alabama's offense against Michigan's defense. Alabama, even though they haven't been as good as they have been in the past, that defense is still legit. They still have good coverage corners, good defensive line. Um, but, and, you know, Michigan's going to score points, but I, you know, I don't think they're going to dominate the Alabama defense. I think it's going to come down to the Michigan defense against Bama offense. And, I I do think Michigan is a better football team, but I also think Nick Saban's the best coach in the history of college football. And if you're going to give Nick Saban one month to prepare, I just think they find ways to get it done in the playoff atmosphere that they've been in. So I'm going to pick Alabama to take this one. I no got to see Roy's face. Yeah. No <laughs> Michigan's um, gonna take this. I, I agree. Nick Saban's one of the best, but I think Harbaugh's back. I think Jim Harbaugh's I, up there with him. I, I think it. I think it's ready. No. I think he's he's ready for this challenge. All this crap of all the stuff's gone now. They're gonna sign him to an extension here in this next week. He's gonna be signing to what I read uh, another an eight year deal or something. So it's gonna be he's gonna be pumped, ready to go, and it's gonna be Michigan. All right. Well, let's roll into the other game. I know everyone's going to talk about the Michigan and Bama game, but the Washington and Texas game, I'm I'm actually intrigued to watch this game quite a bit because, you know, people, if you're not a Pac-12 or West Coast person, you don't know as much about Washington. Um, Texas, you might know a little bit more about, but you still might not know a lot about Texas because within the last, you know, before the last two seasons maybe, Texas has just not been the same Texas as they were 10 years ago. Um I can't wait to watch this quarterback matchup. Pinnex from Washington. I mean, he's a Heisman candidate. Probably won't win it, but he came from Indiana, and I watched him at Indiana, and he didn't impress me yeah. at Indiana a whole lot. I mean, I thought he was a good quarterback, yeah. but nothing nothing like NFL he, stuff. And he looks unbelievable now. 
um, in that Washington Washington offense. Um, and Washington, you look at Oregon, they've played them twice and they've beat them twice. Oregon was putting 50, 60 points up a game. They go up against that Washington defense, they don't crack, what, what did they score, in the 20s maybe, 19? I mean, they didn't get to the 30s, and you're putting up 50 yeah. a game basically. So that tells you how legit they are. I know they probably haven't scouted well being in the same conference, but you beat the same team twice. Uh, it tells you that you're probably just a little bit better or you're getting out coached. But and on the Texas side, Texas has not lived up to hype the last you know three four years. But this year they look good. Quinn Ewers is finally starting to like develop into a good quarterback. Um, their wide receivers are explosive, yeah. and they've always had good running backs at Texas, no matter what. Um, and the defense to me finally seems like it's came over the the mountain. You know, you look at that Bama game. They dominated Alabama on defensively, and that's why they won the football game. So I'm really intrigued to watch this game because it's a lot of, you know, you don't know a whole lot about each team for the average fan. Yeah, for me, uh, I actually placed a bet the other day that I think Texas is going to win the whole thing. So I just like the way that they're playing. I think that they're going to match up well with Michigan in the championship because I think that's the only outcome that I can see. Uh, and I think Michigan comes out on top in a close game in the championship against Michigan. That's my prediction. Okay. Roy, what do you think about this game? I think it'll be a very good game, I think, but I think uh, Washington will come on top. I think Texas's defense is not that good. I mean, I think it's okay. Um, they can they got some weapons on offense. I think they'll score some points against that Washington. But I, my, Penix, uh, when he was in Indiana – he was tough on Michigan. I mean, he was good. I mean, yep. I was at the game when he threw five, I think four touchdowns. I mean, he was, he did it really well. Um, and I think he'll, I think he's ready to play and I think he'll do really well. And I'm, I really think he'll play. I think he'll, it'll be a, a good game by Washington. I think they'll come out on top. Do you think playing in the Pac-12 outside of Oregon? Because Oregon was a very legit team and Oregon state as well. I mean, I know that uh, Oregon and Oregon state had a tight game, but, do you think that that them playing in that conference versus Texas in the Big Twelve, which you know really wasn't anything spectacular either, do you think that'll have anything to like hurt them in this playoff game? No, I, think I know. Washington, like, I think Texas Washington played a, be a, different, a better, well. a better team. I played played better teams. I mean, okay. Washington State was good. I think Oregon State was good. Oregon, um, USC, UCLA wasn't bad. Um, Arizona improved a ton. I mean, they were a, a decent yeah. team, so I think they played a lot better, a lot better teams. Um, and I think, but Texas, I mean, I just don't think the Big Twelve is that that good. They got, I mean, they're top heavy. Yeah. Texas is good. Oklahoma's okay. I mean, they're they're not anything great. Kansas State was okay. I mean, they're and Oklahoma State just couldn't stop anybody. They could score a bunch of points, just no. couldn't stop anybody. So um, I really think it's a it'll be a come down to the offenses. I think I think Washington's just got better better offense. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's kind of intrigued to watch that game just a little bit just to see if Washington really is that legit. I mean, they beat Oregon twice, but outside of that, they don't have any major, major wins over like an SEC team or a Big Ten team like that. So I think this is the big test for Washington. And if they can beat Texas, then it'll, before they move to the Big Ten, they'll be like, yeah, we're the team to beat. So yep. I, think, I think I don't have anything else no. for college football. You guys? All right. Let's move it on into the MLB. The winter meetings are going on right now as we speak. Um, Roy broke news early to me that I have not seen. I don't know anything about. Alex Verdugo's traded New York Yankees. 
Um, if that stops them from getting Juan Soto, I'm going to jump off a cliff. Um, I had to say so that. Dramatic there. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do if the Yankees don't trade for Juan Soto. I really don't. It's one of those where I've gotten to the point where I've read it so much that I need it and I'm expecting it, and I know it's not going to happen. But All right, just to get that out of the way, because that was not on our uh, things to talk about. Let's rip it. Let's rip the Band-Aid, Shohei Otani. At the winter meetings, he's met with two teams publicly, the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. From what I've read in the winter meetings and heard, it's down to four teams. It is the Blue Jays, it is the Dodgers, it is the Giants, and it is the Angels. Roy, he's expected to sign within the next week. Expected, not saying he will, but all reports are within the next week he's going to make that decision. And the bidding is above $500 million already. No wow. years have been come out. we got to presume it's around, you would think, 10. Yeah, uh, but crazy. but the I read somewhere twelve, half a twelve. Uh, yeah, you know the years are. I don't know the years. The years can be skewed, yeah. but the bidding for the number is over five hundred million. Um, I mean, this is going to be a record breaker. We have all said we all think he was going to sign with the Dodgers, yeah. but the Blue Jays are running the dark horse right now. The Angels and the Giants are kind of been quiet. We don't know much about them. Roy, I'll let you go. Do you still think he's a Dodger? And why? I think he, you know? I think he's a Dodger. I think he likes Southern California from everything I've read, and it's a quick trip from Southern California to, you know, Japan, and I fly. I think he, I think he stays. I think he's going to Dodgers. I think he will stay over there. The Blue Jays are making a run. I just don't think you can. I don't think he can get that up. I mean, I, I can't believe the Blue Jays are going to spend that much money. But uh, yeah. I think the Dodgers will end up getting him. I think it'll it'll come, it'll come down to just them making the right offer. And he'll take it. Yeah, I agree with I agree with Roy. I don't see him going anywhere but the Dodgers. I mean, that's just a that's a gotta be a, a dream spot for a player like him to go. And yeah, like the location, the amount of money he's gonna get paid, the players he's gonna play with, the, the fan base, the winning. Yeah. It just it all makes too much sense to me. Yeah, it, I mean it's been a perfect fit and they've wanted him, you know. I agree. I'm very worried about the Blue Jays guys. Um I can see it for many reasons. The Blue Jays are not paying Bo Bichette, not playing Vladdy yet. They're still in their <laughs> no arbitration or pre-arb years. Um, and if they're gonna if they're gonna decide to spend it to for you know if they're in the five hundreds, what's the difference between you know? Yeah. I know the Dodgers are probably not going to be outbid, but if you're going to pretty much submit the same offer at that point, like so to me, it comes down to show hey where he wants to go. And I do agree that he probably wants to be on the West Coast, closer to Japan. But something that I've read and I took into account, the team that allowed him to pitch and hit is why he signed with the Angels. Would he backstab the Angels and go right to the crosstown rival Dodgers, or with you know a similar offer, go to Canada, where they all of Canada roots for Toronto and be the man? You know, I I, I, I could see it. That. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna bet the same offer, but it would just be depending yeah. if he wanted to keep some loyalty to the Angels by not going to the um, Dodgers. The, the Dodgers aren't going to let him go. I mean, put him – you got to yeah. put him right with Mookie Betts and uh, – between Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Freddie That's, Freeman. The Dodgers are going to make every play they can to get him. Yeah. yeah. I still do it. think the Dodgers are the favorite. Yeah. But the, the idea of him going to the Blue Jays to me is not crazy because if they're going to 
once you get above that number of 500, what's the difference what you spend? You know, I'm sure the offer's got to be somewhat similar at that point. And if he just truly doesn't want to backstab the Dodgers or the Angels, and he thinks that he can get more, you know, more viewership with a whole state or a whole country of Canada. I mean, I don't even think the whole country of Canada has the same amount of people as LA. I mean, you could be right, but I, I'm, I didn't think the Blue Jays would even be in this. So it, yeah. the fact that they're deep I'm not surprised. with them. I bet you would love it if you it, went there. It worries me. I mean, he's not going to pitch for a little bit, but please, for the love I'm of God. I'm not worried because of Blue Jays. I'm not Dang. worried. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have about 20 home runs in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, a week. All right. Um, Soto to the Yanks. They the, the talks were going. Um, they've stalled. Now that the winter meetings have started, they've started back up. There's been a lot of talk about this. Um, I put on the thing. Do you think that it would be smart to try to sign him before Otani? Because the Blue Jays were also in on Juan Soto, and right now they're all eyes are on Shohei Otani. And if you could pull a deal off for Juan Soto before. The Blue Jays are occupied, but from all the sounds of it, he's not going to get dealt before Otani signs, so it kind of is mute point. Um, Bryce, what do you think? Yeah. Do you think the Yankees in this – I mean, the Yankees, it's just a perfect fit for both teams, but – But, man, I think that the Yankees, I've been saying it, they're not going to make big moves, and if they already signed Verdugo, yeah. that's their move of the offseason. I don't see them making another move. Yeah. That's just not a team that I feel like – they ever do anything in the offseason, they like to play with what they have and try and make that win. And it's just, I think they've made their move and they're going to stick with it. Yeah. Roy? Man, I hate to say it. I think they're going to make the move. I don't want to say it because I think they're going to freaking, uh, I mean, they have, they have stayed away from that stuff for the last few years, but uh, I just think it's too close right now. The, um, don't I don't want to give as many players away because I I don't know I mean he wants to go to free agency because he wants that yeah. money. I'm just afraid of giving some of the better pl- prospects for one for year and then for one year. But but I th- I think there's been enough pressure because I'm reading that they're yeah. going to take Soto. They want Soto and they want to sign that. Um, they've made the best offer for that uh, Japanese player, that pitcher, that uh, Yama, Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Well, the, you're talking so about the I Yankees. Think- the Yankees. I'm talking the Yankees have yeah, made. I, okay. I, I, yes. I think they've. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying Cashman wants to do this, but I honestly think. Uh, after everything I've read the other couple days, Hal and Randy Levine and all them are saying we're we've got to do something because it's. I mean, we haven't won a World Series since you know oh uh, nine. So and this is getting ridiculous. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Roy. I I'm all all for it. I mean, I've been. Juan Soto has been one of my favorite players since he's came into the league, just how good he is offensively at such a young age. Um, but I'm not going to lie, learning this Verdugo news really scares me. It really scares me. And he can play center field. Verdugo can. I'm not worried about Verdugo taking left field because Juan Soto would play left field if he came. But you're like you said, it's a one-year deal for Juan Soto, and he is going to hit free agency. I don't care where he goes. He's going to test yeah. the waters. Um, I'm just, and I'm not worried about the Yankees. I think the Yankees are willing to give up on the prospects. I'm afraid the Padres are just going to have too big of a price tag for them to swallow it now that they have Verdugo. Because you could realistically sign anyone to play center field for half a season till Dominguez gets back and then have Judge and right Verdugo and left. Because now you're not blanked in left field. You even added Verdugo, who's the lefty. 
So you, you kind of cross that off. So I'm not saying Verdugo stops them from getting Soto, but I definitely think this makes them go, we have a guy, we're not going to overspend if the Padres can't come down on the offer because their first offer was just horrendous, which it's the first offer I understand. But yeah, yeah I'm, no, I think the, that the Yankees are going to make, from what I'm reading, that they're going to make some moves. I think you're going to see a different yeah. team. Um, yeah. I, I honestly think Labor Torres, I think we talked about this as I think Labor Torres is gone. I think he's 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 out of there. Um, I think they've they've realized they, this team just just has got to change the change the way they're they're doing things because it's not. I think Soto yeah. will help. Um, I don't think this Virgo will do anything. I don't think that didn't look like we gave much up for him. So from what I read, okay. but uh, yeah, we'll have more I on that think, in the next podcast. So I think we I think they'll get Soto. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna do it. I just. I just think yeah, I have a feeling now. I've, they've been talking. Been they've been asking. Hours. They've been asking the Yankees uh, coaching and ownership and GM a lot at the winter meetings about this. But yeah, I don't know. I it's just it's a good fit for them because they can get pitching prospects back from New York. New York gets their lefty swinging superstar. But I just I just don't know. You know, you're not going to send the entire pitching staff to get them either. So yeah. it um, that. Talking about the Yankees, let's roll. Keep going with the or the AL East. All talks of the Rays are selling, and you know the Rays. They're sell. They'll sell their best players, and they'll get players that are just somehow better. You know, I'm. I don't know how they do it. They have the best coaching in the minor leagues and major league system that I've ever seen. Um, what they do is unbelievable. And anytime someone gets close to that big deal, they deal them for two to three prospects. And they all turn out to be good players. Um, Tyler Glass now has been on the hot topic. Bryce, all reports are that the Cubs are looking at trading for Tyler Glass now. Is this somebody that you would think about as a serious trade? I don't know, man. Uh, you said earlier that they were looking at trading Christopher Morrell. And- that would be the centerpiece player going back. Man, I would hate that because I, I love him on our team. I, he's just a great He's a great all-around player, especially like in the dugout and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love him having him on our team, but I don't care who the Cubs go for. The Cubs have to get somebody, whether it's Bellinger back or anybody else in free agency or a trade, or you're going to see what we had two years ago where it's a bunch of role players without their star and we yeah. don't even win enough play games to get in the playoffs. Yeah. This year, I thought we had a great team, even though we didn't make the playoffs. We were like one or two games out, and we kind of lost it for ourselves. So the Cubs have to make a move, no matter mm-hmm. who it is, I think. Roy, what do you think? Do you think they that the Rays will move Glass now? I mean, he's on. this is the last year. He's on year yeah. six. Um, this is, this the, is normally when they do it. I mean, the last yeah. year when they can get something out of him. I I think they'll do it. Uh, whether I don't know if it'll be the Cubs or not, but I think – I, they've already been talking about, you know, they were trading their center fielder. They were trading. I mean, they've looked at trading ever, and this is what they normally do. They'll trade three yeah. or four guys, get some good prospects in the process. I mean, not even, I mean, not even great, just good prospects that they can develop. Yeah. And then that's what they do. And they don't spend yeah. the money. Cause they were they're trying to cut, I think somewhere around $20 million. So yeah. is what I read. So they'll, they'll, they'll do this. And you're just, I think they'll, they'll be back to where they're at. Just, they'll find, they'll find I a do. pitching prospect in the middle. I mean, yeah, somewhere and, down there. And he'll be yeah. better than Tyler Glass now. Yeah. I agree. This is this is the time the Rays pull the the trigger 
Um, he was hurt, and then he came back for the last half. I mean, just as dominant. Um, yeah. I think the Cubs are a great fit. The Cubs, other than Justin Steele, who did have an excellent year, but you don't think of Justin Steele as a you know all-star closer year in and year out. You hope that he is from now on, but you can't. You, I don't know if you can rely on that. But um, yeah, going to get Tyler Glass now for the yeah. Cubs is a good fit. I think even if it's not the Cubs, it's going to be a team like the Cubs that you know maybe doesn't have that true ace you know, Hall of Fame's pitcher, maybe like, I know the Diamondbacks have Zach uh, Gallon, but, you know, after that, maybe the Diamondbacks send some of their prospects away um, and add him as like a number two. So there's maybe a younger team that could use starters, you know, maybe not like I figured, the Yankees. I was were. thinking the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I can see the Giants. I just don't know if the Giants are ready to take that leap yet. But, you know, I could definitely see it. The Giants are, have a way with pitching, so. Yeah. Even the Cardinals. I mean, I don't know if the Cardinals would want to make a trade. I think at this point they'd probably. I think the Cardinals are done. I think it's going to come down. It could be an NL team. That's usually they, they trade to. Um, yeah. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be the Giants or somebody like the Milbers, you know, somebody who just needs some yeah. uh, a good arm in there. Um, or even like, uh, the, yeah, like you said, the Diamondbacks. Uh, even the mm -hmm. Mets. I could see the Mets trying to do something like that. But yeah. it just depends. I, I, don't, I don't see anything other than that. Yeah, I think it is the race way to sell going into the last year. Let's roll on into the Cubs, Bryce. I know we talked about a little bit on the glass now trade. It's been a quiet offseason so far. You haven't heard many rumblings. Um, rumblings are they're out on Juan Soto, or not Juan Soto, on Shohei. Yeah. Not completely, but you know it doesn't look like they're too uh, seriously deep into conversations with them. Um, there hasn't been any word on Bellinger other than the years I read yesterday matched. that they that they said that they're the, they're pretty much done on Bellinger. Yeah. I still think Bellinger could be the guy that hits the market and doesn't get what he's hoping for and finds his way back. Yeah. But you know, right now, yeah, it doesn't look like they're deep into conversations. They're not really deep into any conversations from what it seems. So I I just want to give it to you. I mean Yeah, to me, I would love to have Bellinger back because just the our batting and offense was great last year and our I think Personally, the Cubs' biggest issue is our relief pitching. We had a good closer in Alozale, and we had good starters throughout most of the year mm -hmm. with Stroman, Steele, Fulmer had some good games. Mm -hmm. Kyle Hendricks was looking like old Kyle Hendricks. That's four good starters. We didn't have anybody relief. Who, so you would rather them attack the – I would rather them attack the bullpen so over maybe, starters. Why not talk, call Josh Hader? He's the number I, one closer on the market. I think that would be great. You and guys then have the money. Move someone not... like Alozale to relief. And then we have closer as our closer. Yeah. Or hater as our closer. I think that would be the best move for the Cubs is to go for bullpen people. Yeah. Bullpen arms are tough to get. You know, you kind of have to find diamonds in the rough. Yeah. But hater's about as locked down as it's going to get. And he's on the open market. And you can, as the Cubs, you don't have any money locked down yet. Yeah. I mean, you could spend five or six million dollars over what you probably should for him for a five-year deal i mean yeah. it's not going to get 10 as a closer so i would love that yeah Roy, what do you think what do you think the cubs should maybe attack in the offseason or why they've been so quiet i really think they uh they had they had, they were going all in on otani and i think bellinger they were i think they wanted to bring him back but a certain price yeah and that was in there and he's and he wants well i, I think i read 120 million for for a few years. That's what I read somewhere. Um, and I don't think anybody's willing to pay him that right now. And yeah. I think he's so, and I, I think the Cubs just need to build on their, their young kids. Don't be going for big money right now. Just start just trying to get add pieces. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. Even younger pieces. Uh, you know, you got a good pitching staff. I, I would have, I probably would have traded like um, Kyle Hendricks or Strom and them and tried to get some, yeah. better, you know, get some more pieces for you. Some, be, you know, young pitching, but um, cause I don't think that central division is that good. So I think you can get a team that you can just build some pieces around. I mean, Bellinger would be perfect, but I think he wants something. He just wants something. He wants, he wants a big contract and I don't think he's going to get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, unless he goes to Houston or I think I read the Red Sox were in on him too. So I don't yeah. know. I, 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 I don't know. I shouldn't say I think they are, but they seem like they're on, they're confused on which route to go. Do, do we yeah. just, do we take a couple steps back? and not spend the big money and see what we got another year? Or do you go out and spend the big money? Because you didn't trade Cody Bellinger or Marcus Stroman at the deadline, which shocked people, but you went for it. And, okay, you decided to go for it. You didn't make it. That's fine. But if you're going for it, go for it. Yeah. Like, don't don't not trade your players and then just let them walk and don't sign anybody. Like, what what are you doing? I just think they need to – I'm sure they have And we signed the most expensive coach – or yeah, manager it, that, ever. I thought that told me, okay, they're going to sign their guys. Yeah. Bellinger, yeah. he's going to sign the big deal. I think but it's to me, the, for the young guys. Yeah, I I just think they haven't – I don't know. To me, it's weird to not have a plan if you're not going to deal Bellinger and – because I thought for sure those two were gone at the deadline. But they kept them, and then they go out and spend all this money on this coach, and then they're not going to re-sign anybody. So, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just waiting for the big dominoes to fall – and they're going to sign some of those mid-tier guys to fill out the roster. Very possible, but to me, it, right now, I'm, it just seems a little confusing. You know, that's it. Yep. You guys good with that? Yeah, I think it moves us on to our good. miscellaneous yep. stuff. So we have a special um, topic we're going to go over, and we are going to let you guys know our least favorite athlete of all time, yeah. any sport. Now, before we go into this. I want you guys to put in the comment section who your least favorite are and just give us a little bit of why. You know, everybody's got their reason why they hate someone so much. Division rival, nasty player, anything. It can be for any reason. Just let us know who you can't stand. Bryce, I want you to go first. I want you to rip it. Man, I wanted to go last on this. You want to go last? Yeah, because I'm going to be ripping into some people. I think we're all going to rip into people. Well, you want to go first? Overall or each sport? No, just overall. Overall, overall, one player. Yeah. One player. Overall. I picked three players overall. You got to pick one. Pick one player. Pick one. Unless right. it's like a team or something. Okay. Pick one player. Oh, because I, I have a couple and I just don't, I can't decide who I want to. One's the same on the same team. Um, I'll just go with them. I, I had a good one for another one, but maybe I'll do that later. Uh, I hated, and I probably still do, Pedro Martinez. And uh, Veritek, Jason Veritek from the freaking Boston Red Sox and all those years. Hated those guys. Cannot stand them. Couldn't listen to what they had to say. Doesn't matter. I, even when uh, Pedro talks on uh, for uh, what, Major League, the MLB Network. ESPN, yeah. ESPN, like whoever. I can't listen to them. Can't listen to them. Freaking <laughs> hate those two. They were nothing but shitheads. Uh, cannot stand with them Boston, especially when they came back in 04. I wish I as much as I hated Alex Rodriguez, I wish he would have punched the hell out of Jason Veritek and just knocked his ass yeah. out instead of letting him get his I know. ass beat by um I would I love my favorite moment of, of all ever it was when Pedro came in in the eighth 
in uh, 2003 and just thought he could still do it. And we came back and beat it down three, and we came back and Jorge Posada hit the game tying and winning uh, hit to get him over, get knocked Pedro out. I love it. Favorite thing in the world. Um, I wish All right. Tom Zimmerman, when he got thrown down the ground, would have beat the hell out of him too. So hate those two. Yeah. You know, mine's also Yankee related. It's Jose Altuve. I I have words I can't say on this screen. The MVP about Jose Altuve, but I'll get you started. That the whole team in general, I can't stand, but that little shit stole an MVP from Aaron Judge. Stole it. Deserved. He did not. I will fight. <laughs> he did not deserve it while he was cheating. Judge outplayed him. He was a, basically a rookie. He was that his rookie year, Roy. Okay, he was uh, a rookie. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe first full season. I know he came up the year before, but he stole an MVP from Judge. We're going to put a graphic on the screen. It's right here. Okay. <laughs> there is no way he deserved it. Second of all, he's got a buzzer on two years later. He said he got a tattoo. He couldn't take his shirt off after the game-winning home run. How bad of a tattoo can it be if you're rich and you're getting special tattoos made by experts? You're telling me this tattoo is too fresh? You couldn't take a jersey off in public? No, not buying it. Can't stand that little guy. He's terrible. Yeah. He's been a good player. I don't know how long he's been cheating. Probably 10 years. So that, that kid is dead to me. I can't stand him. Agree. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> Uh, I had some honorable mentions with uh, LeBron James and Nick Foles, but I think everybody knows my most least favorite player of all Discount time. Discount double check. Aaron Rodgers. Man, Aaron Rodgers has actually caused me depression throughout <laughs> my entire life. This is the first year of my entire life of watching football. I didn't watch Aaron Rodgers playing on the Packers. And there's only been a few times where we beat them. It's been horrible. Every year I get pumped up. I've been saying F the Packers since I could speak. And every year Aaron Rodgers finds a way to win. We could be favored going in, have three guys trying to tackle him, and he throws up a Hail Mary that lands in Randall Cobb's hands for a touchdown. This guy is going to get his ass beat if he keeps doing this discount. Discount double check. Oh, my gosh. That is the stupidest touchdown dance of all time. You don't even wear discount a belt double check. You don't even wear a belt up hey, here. He we got owns, to he's going to be the mayor of Chicago. When he said that he, he owned the Bears, I almost – jumped off my balcony of the third floor. That was one of the most heartbreaking moments in my entire life. I, I, There's just nobody, and I hate it because every time I see him on the Pat McAfee show, he makes me want to like him. And everything he says I agree with, but I can't stand him because he was a Packer for 20 damn years. He's a cool guy to listen to. He really is. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's pretty smart. I, I, I understand where he's coming from, though, as a Cowboys fan. I didn't, we didn't face him a lot, but, man, them playoffs, he got our number every time. Every time. So my favorite, I understand what he's saying, but... My favorite plays of all time watching Aaron Rodgers was when I think it was Lance Brigg that snapped his collarbone and when Robbie Gold, a former Bears legend, knocked him out of the playoffs. Those are my favorite two plays of Aaron Rodgers. All right. I think we just got uh, Josh's advice, Bryce's facts, and Roy's old man wisdom left. All right. I got some advice... And this is going to hit deep to you, Roy. No, I can't wait. Here's to hear my this. advice. Jim Harbaugh better come ready to play and have a game plan because Nick Saban's given a month to prepare. He's going to be ready and going to have a good game plan. 
And if he doesn't want to get embarrassed on the national stage, he better have a good game plan. Michigan's talented enough to hang in that roster or hang in that game and beat Alabama. I'm not just not saying he's not, but I know Nick Saban's going to have a good game plan and be ready to have those boys play. And if Michigan comes out flat because they they don't have a game plan or they're not focused, they're going to be in for a long night. Yeah, no way. It'll be Michigan all the way. Yeah. All right, Bryce, you got some facts for us. We'll move on to our Bryce facts. Um, The first one's a tweet I saw today, actually. Josh sent it over to me, and I went and looked it up. Uh, With the announcement of GTA 6, the trailer finally being released, there's some stats of when GTA 5 was released, what the NFL looked like. So the first thing was Colin Kaepernick had over 3,700 total yards and 25 touchdowns. That seems like it was forever ago. Uh, Eli Manning threw 27 interceptions. Josh Gordon had 1646 receiving yards yep. and nine touchdowns. That was his good. That was Josh yeah, Gordon. I think his yeah. rookie year. Yeah. yeah. Eddie Lacy was trouble. the rookie of the year. Yeah. Eddie Lacy was still slim. Yeah. Eddie Lacy didn't <laughs> look like a pound cake running the yeah. football. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, Matt Forte, Jamal Charles, and Alfred Morris were the top leading leaders in rushing yards. I don't even remember the last time I watched Matt Forte play football. Yeah. I mean, these were all – I was, like, in middle school. Um, yeah. Richard Sherman led the NFL in interceptions. Robert Mathis had 19 and a half sacks. Robert Quinn had 19. Greg Hardy had 15. And Justin Tuck had 11. Listen to those names. <laughs> no, those are, yeah, and these were the wrong. QBs that were drafted. EJ Manuel, Geno Smith, Mike Glennon, Matt Barkley, Ryan Nassib, and Landry Jones, and you, and who would have thought Geno Smith would have been the best one after <laughs> yeah. after five years of the NFL? If you would have read that list and you'd have said, "Yeah, Geno's going to be the best," no one would have believed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, these were the wide receivers that were drafted: DeAndre Hopkins, Tavon Austin, Keenan Allen, Terrence Williams, Kenny Stills, Stedman Bailey, and Robert Woods. Hmm. Man, a lot of Rams in there. <laughs> Vontae's Burfissett. Led, Perfect. Perfect. Led the league in total tackles with 171. Yeah, he's also crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was Yeah, he was nuts. Yeah, he was. All right, <laughs> what, what else you got? Peyton Manning threw for 5,477 yards and 55 touchdowns. That was his MVP season. <laughs> That's what it looked like when GTA 5 was released. It took way too long for us to get GTA yeah. 6 released. And it's not coming out till 2025. Yeah. Jeez. The second but. thing that I have is... Among the 30 fastest 100-meter sprints in history of the sport, there are only nine that are relate, not related to doping, and all nine of them were completed by Usain Bolt. Oh! Wow. I mean, that just solidifies him as the fastest man probably to ever exist. Yeah. yeah he was not, he's crazy. And this crazy last fast. one that I have is probably the craziest fact that I'll probably ever have on Bryce Facts. Fox tossing was a popular sport in the 16th century in which two people held a 23-foot-long cloth on both sides and then pulled it as tight as soon as Fox ran over the cloth so that it threw it into the air. The game continued until the animal broke its bones when it hit the ground and it was killed by a hunter. Wow. So fox tossing was what they were playing in the 16th hey, they century. Had to, they had to find something to do back then. <laughs> they had to yeah. find something to have fun. They were yeah. all bored without Facebook Jeez. and TikTok. So they started throwing foxes in the air until it broke all of its bones. 
Jeez. All right, Roy. All right. I can't wait All to right. hear these tonight. Mine is, mine is simple, short and simple. It is don't grow up. It's a trap. So stay young, guys. It's very true. It is. It is very true. Once you pass 21, it's that's it. It's downhill. You got a long it, way. After 21, you got nothing. 40, it's just, the 40s is not even that bad. Still. All right. I think that's all we got for you guys tonight. Yep. Hit the like button, subscribe, share it. Put us in the comments what you want us to talk about for next week because we're going to go a little deeper into MLB because we're sure some signings are going to go down here soon with the winter meetings. Uh, we have a nice slate of NFL. So let us know what you want us to talk about. Peace. Yep. See ya.